there. Welcome back to Disrupting Education. This is episode five, the episode where we're going to talk project launch and why sometimes you've got to go slow in order to go fast. I'm Megan Nix, a teacher turned project-based learning coach in Michigan. And today I want to share with you an experience I had with a group of fifth and sixth graders in their class this afternoon. Um, I had the opportunity to be in a classroom today where the students were just getting the launch of a new project. And I was pretty excited to get to be part of that process with them. Wanted to share with you how that looked. Because at the end of the day, when I look back on what I did today, I realized that I spent an hour and a half with this group of students doing what on paper probably looked like would only take 15 to 20 minutes. And I want to share with you what that process looked like and why I think it was so powerful to spend an hour and a half doing what we did. So to launch the project to the kids, yesterday the team of teachers took them on an amazing race excursion throughout our town. Um, This project is themed after the amazing race with some geography concepts. So to launch the project yesterday, the kids had the opportunity to participate in a mini version, but actually travel around our town as they went through different steps. So today the goal was to share the specifics of the project with them, the driving question, the scenario, what their job is going to be, then their goal, and um, some of the things that they are going to be learning throughout the process. So to do that, we put together just a one-page slide that could be projected on the screen in the classroom to share that information with the students. So I started there and had that up and really just read through each of the components and talked about them with the kids. And at first, the class was pretty quiet. They were just listening as I shared the driving question and talked a bit about what it meant and what some of the words in it meant, and then read through a description of the project. We talked about the list of deliverables and what it is that the students would actually be Um, making and doing as part of this project. And then we also talked through the success criteria and some of the skills that they're going to develop throughout the unit and by the end um, be able to do and know well. So this part of the lesson was pretty teacher driven. I was reading, doing the reading and talking through things and just giving them opportunity to ask questions And like I said, at first the class was pretty quiet, but then slowly as we kept um, going through some of the pieces, they started to come out of their shells a little bit and some hands started to go up and questions were being asked, just starting to ask about specifics of the project, what they would have to do, what they could do, um, and... And going through that, and I could tell that their wheels were starting to turn, and they were starting, that little spark of excitement was starting to happen. Um, They were asking questions about specifics of the projects and the requirements, and then questions that really were their own ideas about what could be done with this project, and some questions that I wasn't able to answer and had to say to them, I don't know. I think that you and your team are going to figure that out through the unit and through this project, or I think those are decisions that you're probably going to have to make along the way. And 
slowly their questions started to turn into some ideas and some excitement. And you could feel the little fire starting to burn as they really just had a chance to to think about all of those pieces. So we um, could have stopped there. And I'll admit, I have done project launches in the past where that's as far as it went. Um, But I've come to realize that that spending a little bit more time with this process is so powerful for the students later on as they get going and working through a unit. So we didn't stop there. Um, I wanted our next steps to be to get some of that information that that I had shared in the project specifics that we had been talking about up onto a wall in their classroom. In my school, all of our classrooms have what we refer to as the project wall, which is it's a place where everything for their current PBL unit is housed and it makes a point of reference for the students and teacher to somewhere to look throughout every single day and keep that project front and center. So there's some key components of a project that end up on the project wall so that the students can reference it at any point that they need to while they're working and thinking through things. I think it is very, very important to get the information from your project launch an introduction onto the project wall that same day. Um, It gives the kids more of a chance to think through all of the specifics of a project. And it also shows them like that this stuff is the go-to information. This is what's driving our project. So we need to have it up in our classroom from day one. Um, So to do that with the students in this class today, I wanted them to have the chance to, to put that wall together themselves. So I was going to break them down into teams. Um, When we started, I had envisioned four pieces that needed to go up on their project wall. The driving question, the list of deliverables and things that they would be making and doing and have put together by the end of the project. Um, An idea of their audience and who it was that they were trying to target with those deliverables. Who are they making them for? And then the list of skills or success criteria that the students are going to be developing throughout this project. We actually ended up in this room with a fifth team or piece of the project wall as well, because while we were going through the project specifics and the students were really starting to get tons of ideas out there, they wanted to have a place to be able to put those ideas. So as people have thoughts throughout the project of different ways that they could do it and make their amazing race product happen, they had somewhere to put those ideas so the class could see them. So we added that to the project wall as well. So I just really quickly took the class and broke them up into five groups, handed each group a piece of paper and assigned them one of the components. And the only direction I gave was that it was their job to get that information ready to go up on the project wall. So this point, the slide that we had gone over the project specifics was still projected. And really the students were just taking that information and putting it together on this piece of paper in the way that made sense to them and their little team so that we could tape it up there. Um, And at this point that might seem a little bit like, well, why take 10, 15 minutes to, you know, have the kids do that. It's going to take them forever. They sometimes get a little off task when you could just print that one page and, and stick it up there, or the teacher could write these things out and put them under each component really quickly. But the power comes in giving the students the chance to own it, um, in two ways. And I, I got to kind of watch some of that happen today. So I want to share the story with you. It's really what sparked me to, to come on and talk about this, um, tonight because, As the students got working, um, one, 
I think them putting together the project wall, it gives them a personal connection to it. When they're the ones who've written a piece and and made it look how they want to and put it up there, they're they're connected to it and now they're owning it. So we broke into these little groups to start to build that ownership. Um, as they got working a couple minutes in, I had one student come up to me and ask if if they could decorate their page. And I kind of chuckled a little bit and said, sure, it's your project wall. If you want to decorate a little bit, go for it. And she actually said yes and gave a little fist bump and then hustled back over to her group and excitedly said to them, we can decorate it. And at that moment, I just kind of laughed to myself and, you know, thought how cute it was and and moved on, gave them 10, 12 minutes to, to finish their pieces and put them together. And she was with the team that was writing out the driving question, and they added some background to the page to go with the driving question that related to the geography content that this project is covering. Um, and so at that point, I didn't really think much of it. It looked nice, and they had ownership of it, which was what I was going for. So we took a couple minutes to go around, um, and each group shared what they had made and what it said. And then we put them on the project wall. So this also turned into a second opportunity for the students to hear the key information for this project. So more time for them to um, think through the driving question and the success criteria and what that was going to mean. And we had some good conversation about who the audience might be for their end products. So we got all of their pieces up on the project wall. Um, from there, the goal, the next goal today was for them to be able to spend 10 minutes starting to brainstorm with the team that they're going to be working with on this particular project so that they could take some time to get some of their initial ideas and thinking down on paper and recorded. They had a mini amazing race experience yesterday. Today we went through all the project specifics. So their directions were to just spend 10 minutes talking about what they already kind of knew and could see for this project and their initial ideas and initial questions that they have right now with their team. So while they were brainstorming, I was just wandering about the room, doing my nosy teacher thing and stopping to listen into their conversations every once in a while. And this is where I had my big light bulb moment today, because as I was wandering around listening to conversations, that same student who was so excited to decorate that page, referred to the driving question for this project at least two, I think actually three times during her brainstorming session with her group. Um, remember that the driving question was the piece that she was in charge of getting made on the project wall. And on surface level, it it kind of looked like she, you know, a fifth grade student getting excited to draw some pictures and do some coloring and decorate that driving question. But in reality, what I realized is it was 10 minutes of her spending time looking at the driving question, rereading it, saying it in her head over and over, finding some connection with it in the decorations that she and her group were putting on the page. And that worked so much so that she transferred that into her brainstorming session with her team for the project and referred to the driving question in two specific examples that I'll share with you. One being she had an idea for something that they might do with their project, and she used the driving question as kind of her backup for her idea. And she said to her team, I think that this would really help us answer the driving question because and explain how her idea connected to everything, which I thought was like really cool. I heard her say it and I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like they're using the driving question already and we just got it introduced to us. That's so powerful. 
And then a couple minutes later, I heard her use it again in what almost was a, a more powerful way because one of her group mates was starting to get a little overly goofy in a very fifth and sixth grade kind of way and, and throwing some really outlandish ideas out there and just really being silly, not adding to the conversation anymore. And she was able to refer to the driving question to bring her group mate back. And she said, I don't think that that's going to answer our driving question and actually use some of the language in the driving question. This one in particular refers to inspiring the audience to want to do something. And she, she kind of called them out, but used the driving question to back herself up and said, I don't think that's going to inspire people to want to do this. And it totally worked. It brought her group mate back to the conversation and a little bit down to level of reality And their conversation went on and they continued to brainstorm some great usable ideas. And it turned into this light bulb for me and realizing that in just slowing down a little bit and giving the class time to work with the project specifics and put together the project while themselves, this student was able to really think about the driving question and what it was going to mean to answer it. And already on day one of the project, is starting to own it and refer her ideas back to. Now, do I think that throughout the process, the class as a whole is going to need to be reminded of some of those specifics? Absolutely. Do I think that some of her ideas today that she thought would answer the driving question in a couple weeks, she's going to rethink those ideas because she's going to have new knowledge? Absolutely. But the point is that she started to own it today. And all the kids in those rooms in that room started to own the project today because we slowed down a little bit and we took an hour and a half to just think about the project specifics and start to think about what it's going to take to be able to reach those goals. So going a little bit slow at first so that later as they really own this project, they're going to be able to go faster because they have a firm handle on what the goal is and what they're working towards. And they're not going to need as many reminders back to it. So um, I want to leave you with one last little thought to kind of mull over related to this. And that is to think about the, the last project that you shared with your students, or maybe the project that you're working on writing right now and getting ready to share with your students. And just take a second to think about how much time you have spent thinking about and brainstorming and writing that specific project. I'd be willing to bet that the amount of time that you have put into that is several hours at the least. I know for a fact the team of teachers who launched this project this week have well over 10 hours of work into brainstorming, writing the PBL unit, thinking about how all of their lessons are going to build, planning their launch day, all sorts of stuff, like generating their own excitement to teach this unit, well over 10 hours of work in that. So before today this project and this knowledge was owned by the adults because they're the ones who've put time in it. It's their brainchild. But the goal today was for the students to start to take ownership of this project, for us to be able to say, this is your driving question and this is your goal and let them start to take the reins. So if we as adults have 10 plus hours into owning this project and creating it, it's pretty realistic to give the students an hour and a half of time just to start owning the projects themselves. 
I think there's power in that. I think there's power in taking the time to go slow so that later we can go fast. Just some things I wanted to come on and share with you this evening, feeling that spark of excitement. And it's been a little while since I've talked to you guys this way. So thanks for tuning in. This has been Disrupting Education. Thank you.